No Gray Zone podcast is a frank and honest conversation on topics related to sexual abuse, harassment, child exploitation, and domestic and workplace violence. The opinions are our own, based on years of experience as special victims prosecutors. Any study, book, or product we mention is based on our own review and are not sponsored. Links and titles can be found in the podcast notes. You can also learn more at rightresponseconsulting.com. Listener discretion is advised. I'm just good at caring too much. I'm just good at caring too much. Is it too much to ask that you be all mine? I never was good at sharing. I'm just good at caring. Welcome back. I'm Katherine Marsh. And I'm Melissa Hotmeyer, and this is No Gray Zone Podcast. Last week, we spent a lot of time talking about the scope of intimate partner violence and how prevalent it is in our society, and the very real human and financial cost of intimate partner violence. Today, we're going to talk about service providers, basically the individuals and organizations who help survivors of intimate partner violence both escape and get back on their feet. And we know that each individual jurisdiction, every state has its own set of service providers and nonprofits, all of whom are truly the backbone of the fight against intimate partner violence. So we will not be able to cover each and every one of them. Uh, It would take us probably 14 seasons, and that's probably not even enough to go through all of them. But what we are going to try to do is cover some of the national organizations and give examples from our own experiences with local providers of what is out there. Melissa and I could not do our day a day job without our local service providers who help our victims every single day. These service providers do the tough work. They are on call 24 hours a day. They deal with individuals in crisis. We've seen them reach out into their own pockets to provide food and sometimes housing for victims. We could not do our work without them. And sometimes, and sometimes when we can't prosecute a case, These service providers are the survivor's only defense. And so you might be asking, uh, what kind of services do the providers provide to victims of intimate partner violence? And it's a really wide array of services they provide, from safety planning, shelter and housing placement, help with protective orders or restraining orders, help getting child custody, depending on your jurisdiction. And they also provide counseling services and court accompaniment. And as Catherine said, they also provide services for divorce and custody, and they can be your lawyer on an ongoing basis to go through that entire process, because God knows if you're going through a bad divorce with an abuser, it could take years and they are alongside you for that entire time. They can also assist getting survivors connected to social services like SNAP benefits, Medicaid sign up, um, they can sign you up for other types of health care, and they can even help you open up a bank account. And that's just on the local level. On the national level, there are hotline services that provide 24-7 support for victims in crisis. The National Domestic Violence Hotline will connect you with a worker that can help you make a safety plan and connect you with local services. I cannot stress their help enough. If you or a loved one has any concern about intimate partner violence, go to the National Domestic Violence Hotline webpage or just call to see what's available. 
Yeah, and we will put all of the links to the National Domestic Violence Hotline and some of the other service providers in our notes so that you can reach out to them and know that these things can be anonymous and that they, like we said last week, they have an emergency exit page and so that you'll be able to exit and your abuser would not be able to see where you were. And so we know that these services are so important for a survivor to be successful in leaving his or her abuser. And without these services, and we've seen it time and time again, a lot of victims end up going back into a dangerous situation and the situation gets worse. And, you know, as we're going to talk about next week, it sometimes ends up in a domestic violence intimate partner homicide. And that is not what we want to see happen. So we really, really want you guys to know that these service providers are here to offer a service and they can really help. And they're for anybody, for the victim, for a friend, for a family member, just reach out to get the help, to know the signs and to know what's available. We talked last week about how prevalent intimate partner violence is in our country. Service providers are the front line providing tangible ways out. For years, one of the major complaints was that survivors had to go to so many different locations to get help. And from that idea came the Family Justice Center. And so Family Justice Centers, if you're not familiar with them, are co-located service models. And so all of the services that we discussed, you know, social services, assistance with uh, civil protective orders or divorce, custody, all of those things, they are all in one place and one space. It's a safe space. And typically the police and prosecutors have offices there too. And so really what the model allows for is that these agencies and service providers all work together closely sharing training, technical assistance, and really engaging in a collaborative process that is really for the betterment of the victim and to make sure that the victim doesn't have to go to multiple locations. And so we also use it as a coordinated funding source. And so we have one fund for housing that can help all of our our victims that need it. And it's really just a great place for us to work together and, and come together for the betterment of our victim survivors. And I've worked in jurisdictions that are rural and urban. And in our rural jurisdiction, we didn't have a family justice center. And I can tell you just the difference it makes for a survivor and for a survivor to stay independent from their abuser is is just worth its weight in gold. The Alliance for Hope International, the organization that accredits family justice centers, lays out the vision for a family justice center. It's a future where all the needs of the victims are met. Children are protected batterers are held accountable, violence fades, and economic justice increases. And finally, we all work together. Absolutely. And that's what we strive for at our local Family Justice Center. And I can say that, you know, as we've developed our Family Justice Center, and as Catherine and I have developed other programs that we work with the Family Justice Center, we've had an opportunity to visit other jurisdictions that have Family Justice Centers, because as we've said multiple times before, we don't have all the answers, and we like to see what other jurisdictions are doing. And I can tell you that although we do things a little bit differently in every jurisdiction, every Family Justice Center has that same shared goal. And we we all say the same thing, that the Family Justice Center has made our jobs easier and have made victims safer because we can meet with a victim and connect them to one place that can assist them. And when you have survivors who are just basically trying to survive, who may not have access to vehicles, who may not uh, be able to take off time for work, having one co-located place is really can save lives. 
And there's really no end to the assistance family justice centers can provide. Some family justice centers provide clothing for survivors for every day and for job interviews. They're great organizations. You know, we work with our family justice center every year to do a drive for clothes and even one just for sheets and underwear and bras because sometimes the victim has been assaulted in their home. And the last thing they want to do is go back to that bedroom with those same sheets or they're at the hospital when law enforcement makes contact with them and their clothes are taken as evidence. And family justice centers can give the victims something as simple as a new set of clothes so they can walk out of the hospital feeling a little more human. You know, and we hear about stories of donations and stories of the family justice center making victims feel like just like Catherine said, feel like human, feel like themselves, a little bit like themselves again. Um, and the FJC, as we call them, the Family Justice Center and service providers, they they really just help keep victims safe. They make them feel like they are not just a cog in the system, but that they are important. And that helps them keep involved in the process. And that helps us as prosecutors hold offenders accountable. Because when victims get help, they leave. And when they leave, they can stay away. And like we said last time, it's tough to leave. Can't stress the statistic enough that on average, it takes a survivor seven times before they leave the abusive relationship because there are so many barriers or they don't feel that they have the proper resources around them. Fear that the abuser's actions might become more violent. Unsupportive friends and families, reduced financial circumstances, fear of losing custody of their children if they leave, or the divorce from their abuser, or fear that the abuser will hurt or even kill their children. Lack of having somewhere to go, not having the money for a hotel, not knowing about where shelters are available. All of these factors can go into why a survivor returns or doesn't leave in the first place. But places like an FJC or other victim service providers can provide the necessary resources to help the victim leave and to help keep the survivor out of the abusive relationship. And, and Catherine's absolutely right. And we know that one of the biggest uh, factors is a lack of a survivor's knowledge of the services that are available. And that's why it is so important to get the word out there about service providers. And, you know, we can't tell you what your local service provider is, but like we said, we'll put it in the notes, call the domestic violence hotline. They will connect you to local services. Google Family Justice Center in your jurisdiction, see whether or not your jurisdiction has a family justice center or not. If you don't, uh, I would highly recommend getting involved and trying to get one. I, I can't say enough about how many lives I believe that our family justice center has saved. And so, you know, it's really important to get survivors connected to services because services provide them a way out. Well, that's all the time we have this week. Thank you so much for joining us for No Gray Zones podcast. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe. And you can find us on social media, No Gray Zone RRC on Instagram or Twitter and No Gray Zone on Facebook. And tune in next week when we focus on intimate partner investigations and we have that first case study. There are no excuses when it comes to sexual assault or not having the right response when it comes to sexual harassment. Thank you for listening. I'm just good at caring too much.